All right, everybody, welcome back to the Long Lens Podcast. This is the podcast where I answer questions from my YouTube community, talk about filmmaking and YouTube, interview other filmmakers and YouTubers, and this new segment, which is talk about some of the news that's going on in the filmmaking slash YouTube space. So yeah, this is a new little segment that I'm calling News with Nigel. So this is basically just going to be news that's kind of relevant to people like me if you're like a budget filmmaker or you know like an aspiring youtuber this should be news that's more relevant to you so on the docket for this new segment we're going to be talking about some gear news death of micro four-thirds lenses phase detection autofocus and panasonic cameras and a channel recommendation but before we get into that i do want to mention that i am doing something a little new on my patreon so if you're interested in joining my patreon and you know supporting me there i've started this breakdown series where i kind of take a roll shots from some of my old videos and i kind of break them down i get on my ipad and i kind of give you a little bit of an illustration of the, all the things that i did wrong and then how i can improve and this latest episode that i did i actually took some a-roll shots from my buddy Nate and Steven's channel, and I kind of broke them down what they did wrong like five years ago, but then I contrast it with how good their stuff looks now and all the improvements that they made, and it's mostly just with the lighting. It's not really a, it doesn't really necessarily have to do with the camera. It just, just kind of shows how much lighting can impact your video. So I've been doing those recently. I've got two of those videos up right now. They've been really fun, and I'm gonna do more because I actually really like breaking down all the lighting mistakes that I've made in my past and showing you how I've improved them over time. So just wanted to shout that out. I'm doing that. I'm doing a lot of other stuff on Patreon. So if you're interested, definitely consider supporting me on Patreon. I'll have a link in the show notes. Real quick, I do want to give a shout out to my current Patreon supporters. I feel like I definitely don't do this enough, but yeah, big thanks to Tiff Tate, the Vagabond Photographer, Alex Miner, Andy Mulcaster, Tony Sellium, Will Vaughn, Dylan Dykes, uh, Gregoritz Warzorinski, Lizzie ASMR, Yusuke Oyama, Oscar Arshinega, Joel Kimball, James Corbin, Matt Sivis, Liz Gon, Robin Hahn, Sun Valley Drive Music, Todd Campbell, Sean Sebastian, and Ivan. So yeah, thank you to all of my current patrons. I really appreciate you supporting, and I'm excited to put out more content specifically for my Patreon supporters. Anyways, let's get into the news. There wasn't a whole lot in February. I'm just going to kind of do this like maybe at the end of the month just to kind of like recap some of the stuff that's happened. So some of this stuff may have happened in January, but a lot of this did happen this month. So let's start off with Panasonic releasing a new Leica 12 to 35. This is kind of a weird update to their current 12 to 35 like their original was amazing and the mark ii version was basically the same thing just in a mad black which i think they should have started with that's one of the biggest biggest complaints that i have with panasonic's lenses is that they all look it looks like they were designed by like 20 different people like why can't all of panasonic lenses just look the same uh that's just always been like a real I don't know, it's been a real annoyance of mine. Like, that's what I loved about Olympus, is that all of their lenses look like they were designed by the same person. Same thing with Sony lenses, same thing with Sigma. Like, they all have, like, a continuity to it, to where it's like, oh, when you see that lens, you know that it's a Sigma. But when you, like, look at Panasonic lenses, like, there's no continuity. There's, like, some that are matte black, some that are jet black, some that are blue, some that are purple. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And it just, it makes their lenses look amateurish, if you ask me. That's why I've always opted for the matte black versions of everything, because I feel like that's just more professional. You know, back in the day when I was using the Canon HV30, 
there was an HV20 that was like this silvery gold color that looked very like consumer. And then when the HV30 came out, it was a matte black version and everyone considered the HV30, even though it wasn't a huge upgrade, everyone considered the HV30 to be a much more professional product because professional products are usually not these crazy colors. So yeah, sorry, that was a little rant, but yeah, Panasonic came out with a Leica 12 to 35, which honestly is almost identical to the 12 to 35 Mark II. The only difference is that apparently it is sharper in the corners than the Mark II version, and apparently the focus breathing is a little better on the Leica 12-35. If you have the original 12-35, maybe you would consider upgrading to this one to just get like, you know, slightly better edge performance, but you're, you're not gonna see that big of an overall image quality like jump. Uh, you're gonna get the little yellowish orange 12-35 numbers engraved on that lens. But other than that, like on the outside, it looks basically like the Mark II and you know, you're gonna get that Leica branded lens, which, you know, it's not actually a Leica lens, it's a Panasonic Leica. So, I mean, it's cool that they are just adding that to their lens lineup, but it almost just seems like they just made like these very minor improvements and then just released it. It doesn't even look different. I wish it would have looked a little bit more like their other Leica lenses and it's $800. It is kind of just like a weird upgrade that they did. I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it. And next up is Canon releasing a R50, which is basically just an updated version of the M50. Canon killed off their EFM line, so they're no longer making EFM cameras. They're no, they're no longer making EFM lenses. They've switched completely to the RF mount. So they've made a new R50, which is the successor to the M50 with a different mount. So it's got a 24.2 megapixel sensor. It's got 4K, which is uncropped with dual pixel autofocus, which is kind of cool. Obviously, it's got the RF mount, which is my biggest gripe. There's not a lot of lenses, especially not a lot of APS-C lenses for the RF mount, which the R50 does have a APS-C sensor. So even if you have a bunch of RF lenses that maybe fit your full frame cameras, using them on an APS-C camera is going to be like not using the whole lens. So that's kind of a bummer and Canon doesn't seem to be letting other manufacturers produce lenses with the RF mount, which sucks. So you basically are at the mercy of Canon releasing lenses for the APS-C lineup. And if you're a professional, chances are they're not gonna release anything that's like that good because they're gonna save that for their full frame lenses. You know, if Sigma was allowed to make an 18 to 35 for the RF mount, then the R50 would be sick. Same thing with like any of the other cameras with the RF mount, but the R50 is one that's like designed for beginners. It's only $679 body only, so that's pretty cool. It doesn't have C-Log or any of like super, like super professional stuff, but if you were a beginner and you wanted to get a camera with a lens mount that's a little bit more future looking, even though there's not a lot of lenses for it, in the future, hopefully there will be, but... That would be my, like, my main reservation for getting something like an M50 is that like there just isn't a lot of lenses made for it, you know? And it's like, I wonder if like Viltrox or Metabones will be able to make like a speed booster for it. So then at least you could like boost it up to an almost full frame field of view and use full frame lenses on it. But yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, nothing that Canon does is super exciting to me just because their stuff is usually like the good stuff is way too expensive for, you know, my wallet and the like the cheaper stuff is just really underwhelming for the most part. That's why I've liked Panasonic and Olympus and you know black magic so much is because they release stuff that like blows canon stuff out of the water as far as like specs goes but they don't charge you what canon charges you and speaking of black magic they kind of teased at a new camera and all the black magic fans were just like waiting for like the new pocket camera to come out 
And they were like all so excited. And turns out that they were just releasing an updated version of their studio camera, which has a 6K sensor, 13 stops of dynamic range and built-in ND filters with an EF mount. So if you're in a studio and you use one of those cameras, you know, that like zooms up on the, the person on stage speaking, you're probably, you know, kind of stoked about these new releases for these studio cameras. But for everyone else, we really don't care that much. <laughs> no one's really uh, jumping out of their seats because of the new studio camera. Uh, except for, you know, people who work in events and, uh-oh, my wife's calling, hold up. Okay, where was I? Yeah, so it's cool that Blackmagic keeps, you know, releasing new cameras. And I actually just watched a video by Zach Mayfield. He's one of my favorite YouTubers. He's like super funny. He talks about camera gear. But he just did a video on the original Blackmagic Pocket. And he was talking to someone from Blackmagic. And it kind of sounds like a cube camera might be in the works soon, which everybody's been wanting from Blackmagic. Give us something that's like the BGH1, but a Blackmagic version, which is going to be a lot cheaper and have all of the same kind of, you know, specs. So that would be really cool. All right, next up, this is is barely news but I know that a couple people who watch my videos have these Nikon Z crop sensor cameras which I've never actually tried but Sigma just announced that they're going to be releasing their trio for the Nikon Z APS-C mount so I'm pretty sure it's the Nikon Z50 that's the APS-C Nikon and Sigma is going to be releasing the 16, 30, and 56 for that mount so that's pretty cool. If you are, you know, really into Nikon and you have one of those cameras, those Sigma Trio of lenses are amazing. I have them or had them. Yeah, I actually sold them recently just because I want to try out some new lenses, but they're great. They're really fast. The 16 and the 56 are weather sealed. Yeah, they're just really good lenses. Okay, speaking of Sigma, this is something that's a little bit sad for us micro four-thirds shooters. Sigma has announced that they are apparently no longer going to be making micro four-thirds lenses because apparently the micro four-thirds camera sales are in a pretty sharp decline. This kind of goes back to my latest video where it's like, is micro four-thirds worth purchasing in 2023? I can definitely see that the micro four-thirds system is in decline because there is other options with bigger sensors that are around the same price. I mean, I make this like this comparison a lot, but like the GH6 is the same price as the S5 Mark II, you know, or maybe it's a little bit cheaper. Most people are going to go for the S5 Mark II because of that phase detection autofocus. They're going to have a bigger sensor and all the things that the GH6 offers may not be that appealing to most consumers. You know what I mean? So yeah, apparently Sigma is no longer making lenses for micro four thirds. So the, the rumors that they were going to make a 10 mil and a, a 20 mil it's funny because red 35 who's another micro four thirds uh a youtuber he posted a whole video about that whole rumor and he was under the impression that they were actually going to make it i heard that and i kind of thought the same thing too but looking into it a little bit more it just they just released patents for those lenses that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to make it so they could have sold those patents to olympus or panasonic and you know let them make the lenses so just coming out with a patent doesn't mean that the lens is going to come out so but yeah apparently sigma is not going to be developing any new lenses for the micro four thirds mount i'll leave links to where i read about this in the show notes but yeah that's kind of a bummer all right, but on that same topic of Micro Four Thirds, I just read an article on Micro Four Third rumors that Panasonic is actually in development of a Micro Four Thirds camera with face detection autofocus. Yes, that is correct. That's something that like we all kind of guessed anyways. I'm not 100% sure if it's going to come in the form of like a gh6 mark ii or a g9 mark ii i think that it's a little more likely that a g9 mark ii would be 
where they would try it in first, just because the GH6 is still pretty new. Yosuke Yamain, the manager CEO of Panasonic, said, We will consider adding phase detection autofocus to our cameras depending on the model characteristics, not only for full-frame cameras, but also micro four-thirds. And on the last point, I invite you to stay tuned for our next announcement. So basically, the next camera announcement from Panasonic is probably going to have phase detection autofocus. The way that he phrased that, it wasn't 100% sure if that's going to be in a full-frame camera or a Micro Four Thirds camera. It'd be kind of weird if they released another full-frame camera with phase detection autofocus, but like if they did a S1H Mark II or an S2H or something like that, I mean, that would be cool, but, you know, for a Micro Four Thirds camera to have phase detection autofocus, I think that would be, like, a real big win for Panasonic because there's so many very loyal Micro Four Thirds Panasonic shooters. So, yeah, I mean, a G9 Mark II or maybe, like, a G10 or something like that, that would be pretty sick if Panasonic released that. Still a little bit of a mystery of, like, what and when they're going to actually release, but... Yeah, I'm super excited and probably won't get my hands on whatever that camera is unless Panasonic decides that they want me to test it out. But but yeah, a Panasonic Micro Four Thirds camera with phase detection autofocus, we all kind of saw coming. So this isn't like huge, like mind-blowing news, but it is pretty cool that our suspicions were correct. So yeah. And lastly, on this episode of News with Nigel, I just kind of wanted to give a channel recommendation at the end of each of these segments. So next month, I'll, I'll recommend another channel. But I'm actually going to recommend a channel from a person who was on my podcast, and that is Tyler Cornelison. And he's been releasing videos on his YouTube channel. It's still, you know, he's like just started his YouTube channel, so it's obviously still pretty small. But he's been releasing some, you know, some really good content. He shoots with a bunch of Sony gear, but he doesn't necessarily talk just about gear. He kind of talks about like how he shot certain things like he shot a commercial that aired during the Super Bowl season like last year the year before so it's kind of cool just to see like the gear that he used you know to make these commercials and just his process of you know creating ads and stuff like that so he has a lot of good informational type videos and I just kind of wanted to shout him out because he's a buddy of mine and and I definitely want to continue to see him pushing out content on his YouTube channel so yeah definitely check out Tyler Cornelison and I'll have his channel linked in the show notes below that was all for this episode of News with Nigel. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. Next month in March, we're going to have another Q&A and another special guest. So stay tuned for that. Anyways, yeah, once again, thanks for stopping by and I'll catch y'all next time. Later. Later.